There are preachers that walk into certain places and people will just get up and leave. There are places they say, come, you say, I'm not going. And Jesus will say, yeah, good, you're handling it well. As long as the spirit is right. Are you getting my point? It's not a spirit of pride. There are places you know you should not go. They, because, you know, once you're done, they pollute your spirit. Neville Johnson described the story of once, there's this meeting he used to go for in Australia. Pastors gathered to discuss and pray. He said he used to feel very bad when he's going there, but he used to go simply because he wanted to be a good brother. So one day as he was going, he looked behind, and he's a man who used to see visions, all right? He looked behind, and he saw a group of angels following him. So he's like, where are you going? And I don't know whether they spoke back at him, or just that they were following him for that meeting. The Lord wanted to show, make a point to him. So they walked with him, and they got to the meeting. And so they all sat down in different parts of the room. So the meeting began. After a while, he looked for the angels. He didn't see them again. And that's all of them in one corner of the room, as if they were moving as far away from the other people as possible. So they pressed themselves against the wall. So he got up from where he was now, quickly strolled over there and asked the angels, what's going on? And they said, that atmosphere, we can't stand it. Why? Because anytime they gather to talk, they are talking about other ministers. They are gossiping. Ah, have you heard this man has bought a new car? Where did he get the money from? Now, wow. What's going on this is? So the angels came to make a point that the Holy Spirit does not come for those kind of arrangements. That, that is, he said he had been grieved for a long time. That was the day he got the point. And the Lord doesn't like this gathering. The church, the church in Ephesus, God said they had that on their side. They test people who call themselves apostles. I don't have time now to go into that in details. But listen. Paul talked about the mark of an apostle. It's not how much money he has to show. It's how much he has suffered for the gospel's sake. That's what Paul says, the mark of an apostle. How much difficulty he has taken for the sake of the gospel. So when you find, um, the church used to find apostles that were just trying to take advantage of the churches. And they refused to tolerate them. They refused. They refused. And for that reason, he commended them. Now, having said all of that, he now said, he said, you have perseverance. You patiently suffered without quitting. New Living Translation says in verse 3. He said, for my name's sake. He said, but I have one thing against you. This was where it ended last time. I have one thing against you. Now, let me say this again. The fact that everything is going on with you in your life does not mean everything is perfect. In fact, there's a scripture I will start with. Jesus said, be perfect as your heavenly father is what? Perfect. Now let me rephrase the words of the Lord Jesus. I don't believe that I'll be taking anything away from him. I just want to rephrase it. Rephrase it. Pursue perfection as your heavenly father is perfect. Did you hear what I said? I just want to rephrase that expression, what Jesus said. Of course, why I did that is, that is that I don't believe that, of course, we know the reality. The Bible says he is mindful that we are both flesh. Are you getting my point? He knows that right now, and Paul even will write and say, you are still babes in Christ. James will say, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So we know that people have stages. So what was Jesus saying, therefore? He was saying to them, what's your goal? What must be the thing you are going after? He said, your heavenly father is perfect. So you must be what? Perfect. So pursue what's that perfection. What am I saying? This church, you see, they had everything correct. 
apparently. Their perseverance, the Lord Jesus said, was okay. Their intolerance for fake apostles, Jesus liked it. Their ability to suffer for his sake, it was good. If you go further down, he said, this one thing you also have. You hate the deeds of the Nucleitans. We'll talk about that later. We're talking about Jezebel and all of that. And the Apostle Timothy is going to do that one. So please don't miss when you'll be teaching on the spirit of Jezebel and which other one? The spirit of Balaam. He has two special revelations on that. Very soon. I will give you the dates when he's going to be sharing it heavily. So I'm going to leave those two. I won't talk about them. Actually, I don't even know much about them. The Lord gave that one to him. <laughs> so he's going to teach us about the spirit of Balaam and the spirit of Jezebel. So you'll pay attention to what the spirit is saying through Apostle Okemote to the church in Enugu. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> Now, so he said they have that also in their favor, that they hate the evil deeds of the Nucleatans. Now, ha- having all of these things, he said, but there is one thing I have against you. Now, what I'm going to say is that no matter how good your life is, this is what you should do as a believer. Stop focusing on just the areas that are good. Start looking for the areas that you need to improve upon. This is not about self-condemnation. This is about self-improvement. I hope you're getting my point here. Because see, one thing I want, to, I want to emphasize from here is this, all right? Even though everything seemed okay, sometimes the area that you think is trivial is what's most important to the Lord. Do you know that? There are areas you think is trivial. For him, it may be what is most important. This one, now he said, this is the reason I am going to close your church. That's what he said. I will come and remove your candlestick from his place. This is one reason I'm going to close that church down. And what is that reason? He said you have fallen from a particular place. You left your first love. I've read different commentaries and different explanations on it. Therefore, I like the summary that New Living Translation puts in there. It said there was a time you loved the Lord fervently and you loved each other fervently. He said you are not doing that anymore. And that one alone, listen to this, that alone was enough as an excuse for the Lord to close the church down. Think about it. A church that did not tolerate false apostles. A church that persevered even when they were being persecuted. You are getting my point? A church that did not tolerate the, uh, uh, the deeds of the Nucleatans, which you will see later in other churches, that some of them did, and the Lord was angry with them. This was a church that did not do all of these things. Yet the Lord said, just for one thing, I need you to repent Otherwise, I will shut you down. Let me say something here. Like I said earlier, I've realized that the Lord is tired of wishy-washy Christianity, lukewarm Christianity. Listen, no matter how good we think we are, are you getting my point? He will shut us down if we don't make continual improvement. When Jesus said, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, he meant it. He meant it. He meant that what I expect from you is that I expect each one of you to behave exactly like God in heaven will behave. But we're not there yet, I know. That is why I expose areas where you are deficient to you periodically. I hope you're getting my point. And I expect that whichever area I expose to you, you must improve in that area. Let me tell you something about how church is supposed to be. You've heard of different movements in churches. Let me give an example. There was time we talked about the holiness movement. At least those are the earlier, the, the earlier ones that I um, came in contact with. 
the days of SU, and when people like Deeper Life really came on board. Now, you know, let me just say something about every movement in the body of Christ. Please pay attention to this. Every movement in the body of Christ comes to deposit something into the body. Now, after the holiness movement, what came was, well, there are different names we use for it. The Holy Spirit came and the Holy Ghost movement, then faith movement, okay? And then prosperity with faith, okay? So let's put two of them. The Holy Spirit side in which the power gifts of the Spirit were so dem- visibly demonstrated. You know, I, I, I had them encounters with many people who were in that movement. Many of the preachers you know in Nigeria today, young preachers, you know, people like Chris Oyakilome, that was when they were brought up. They came into that particular dimension, all right? Um, there are many of them, but the most prominent that many of us will know now is Chris Oyakilome. Okay, Bengai um, Bafen, he was there too. These are the people I know from the Benin Axis, okay? Uh, Chris Oyakilome was in um, um, Ekpuma. Okay, but he used to come to our campus. I was a young student those days when he used to come. He was a student in Ekpuma at that time. So he used to come. Then there were other people too. You've heard of Ephiobuke. Uh, Many of you went to Wafbeck. You saw Ephiobuke. Many of them. Okay? Kolai Wosho, he was there then. I talked to Kolai Wosho once he came to Enugu. Now that they went to see him. You know, we talked at length. He told a lot of stories that I was not even aware because he left school. He left Uniben as, I think, when I was my first year, was when he was leaving. But by the time I got involved with the fellowships, he was no longer around. Okay? Now, those things became commonplace. I mean, young men laying hands, people are falling all over themselves, all over the place. One of our sisters will tell you of one Chris or Akilome came to their church, in their fellowship, secondary school, and said, we have seen people fall too much. Why must they always fall? Why can't they rise? And they will begin to worship. And you look, men's feet are no longer touching the floor. Literal story. She was a personal witness to it. It was all over the place. One of, our, one of our brothers in Enugu here told me a story. Once I, he's a pastor in town here. He said once he laid hands on one man. He said, I closed my eyes. He mentioned the name of the guy. He's a, very, he's a well-known um, actor in Nigeria. If I mention the name, you will know him too. He said in Enugu, he said, I laid hands on him. He said, but I closed my eyes. So I didn't see what happened. But next thing I knew, I saw the guy far behind there, and his shoes were still in front of me. That is, as he prayed for the man, the man lifted into the air, left his shoes behind and fell backwards. It was all over the place. Now, God came to deposit something with that. Then the time came closely with that. Shortly after, that's when I entered into campus and got involved with these things. The faith movement moved in. Books came into Nigeria. Kenneth Higgin, prominent. E.W. Kenyon, Kenneth Copeland, Casey Price. All those books came in. People like um, this man in Lagos, um, CCC, what's the name of this church now? Um, Christ Chapel Churches. All right? Christ Chapel, Tunde Joda. They were teaching faith. Teaching faith everywhere. Now, you see something. This is where I'm going. You know the mistake people made? Each movement came to deposit a truth. But you know what they keep on making as a mistake? Solomon said, take hold of one. Don't let go of the other. Instead of us to take one, hold it, grab the new one, add to it. We had this childish habit. A new toy comes, we forget the old toy. So that's why we became deficient. Listen. Every church that survived had to, look, had to imbibe the, something from the new movement. Deeper life was doing holiness, doing holiness. Trust me. When the Holy Spirit came, Pastor Kumi jumped inside. Though. Otherwise, it would have disappeared. Now, what I want to say, so each time what the Lord does is to bring something new to improve an area in our lives where we are not meeting up with the standard of God for our lives. Okay. But what often make the mistake of not leaving the other one behind? 
And one of the most dangerous ones we left behind was holiness. When faith movement came, people were using faith to claim every kind of stupid thing. Until now, people are still claiming cars they can't drive. Believing God for things that will not bless them. Holiness will have helped you know how to use your faith. Yes. The teaching of holiness, you will have known that before you start claiming car, claim self-control. Because for a long time, trying to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, people were using flesh. People were using armor flesh. People would come to fellowship and say, brothers, sit on this side. Sisters, sit on this side. What are you trying to control? Fleshly passion, right? And men had to sit away from, each, from the females. Are you Muslims? A friend, I don't know where it's a friend, but somebody told me what happened in their fellowship on, you know, on campus. You know, sometimes lights just go off. Why did they change over to power? You know? Some of those days, Nepal went off in their fellowship. They said, okay, all the sisters go and wait outside. <laughs> I said, you don't, there are things you do. You have shown us that all your brothers are dangerous people. <laughs> because Nepal went off. How many, how many, hours, how many minutes did the power go for? That is, we have so little self-control that in five minutes, <laughs> all more things for spoiling. <laughs> That's everybody, miss, 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 miss. I don't know why you're getting my point. So what will faith have done for us? We will have used faith to download self-control. That's what I'm trying to say. Faith will have been used to download self-control. Faith will have been used to download Perseverance. Because the things that are most important in life are spiritual traits, not the physical ones. But you know, because we did not hold on to holiness tightly, what did we do? We started using faith to collect motor car. Covetousness was serviced with faith. Oh, yes. We use faith to service covetousness. I want, God gave me manna. What am I doing with manna? At my level in life, I should be eating manna. I'm so much eating, you know, garlic. <laughs> onions, cucumbers, you know, and meat from Egypt. Therefore, I declare, meat, come. Meat, come. When you are coming, come with cucumbers. <laughs> onions, follow. I'm declaring right now, and I'm seeing my onions coming. And then once in 10,000 experiments, onions will come with cucumbers and meat. We will not jump to the pulpit. Faith works. <laughs> and God says, see foolishness. No, that's what, like, I, look, look, can I can talk something those days? That anything he wanted, he claimed and he got. But I told people that you didn't listen to him carefully. He never claimed a big car, a Cadillac. He used to claim enough money to last for a week. If it was like what you are reading it to be, why did the man, uh, why was he, go and read his books. Why was he claiming all those little, little amounts of money? Because in the background, now, I'm, let me just start to explain. In the background of his mind, there was holiness. So his faith had to be tempered so it doesn't stretch into covetousness. But because we left holiness, and that's another mistake, we now turned ourselves to, no, pride was strong. I was there. Pride was strong. They had a name for people who, was not, who were not in our group. We called them sense knowledge people. SK. They are operating SK. 
Forget that guy. He's operating SK. It was said with pride. I know the result. What faith was meant to be used for, we didn't use it for it. So listen to me. The flesh flourished after a while. Listen, in fact, my own conviction, many, when prosperity came in, that was even the most, most dangerous one. Because prosperity is something you ha- only mature people can handle it. Yeah. Prosperity is so close to covetousness. Oh, it's so close to covetousness. So people mix faith. They only talk, listen, the gospel of prosperity is a true gospel. It costs money, but everything has a purpose. Everything has a purpose. God did not teach us prosperity so that we come start living large. No, God never taught prosperity for large living. The aim was not so that when you are, when you are going on the road, you will see the car of the Christian. Was I saying some very for this? No, God, I actually believe that at the time. So why you need to prosper? Why you need to prosper? The one brother went to share tracks one day. Nobody listened to him. Nobody listened to him. Why? Because he was poor. So he did not listen to his message. He was sharing trust. But another brother now went with an S600. He parked his car and he put his shoe on the, on the bumper. And as he was sharing out the tracks, everybody was collecting. That's why you need to prosper. And all of us will be laughing and finding it funny. Now it irritates me now if you say that. Because that tells me your gospel does not have power. Paul said, as poor, yet making many rich. Are you getting my point? Paul was poor, but everybody listened to him. He said, I came to you not in the excellency of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of what? Of the spirit and of power. The Bible says that Philip went to Samaria, and everybody gave attention to what he had to say. Why? When they saw the mighty works done by his hands. If you are doing mighty works, who cares about the kind of car you drive? The longest they go to to meet the Babalawos, what does he drive? The bush where they go and bow down and sacrifice, what is there? But they go. Why? There's power. So when the church didn't have power anymore, we needed the cast and the comedians. We need to make our stage beautiful. Flashing light, everything. Sound effect. To draw crowd. The people who are better, one of the best paid people now in, in churches, on the radio. First you sing. And if you are singing too much, Natalia Bass is nothing for you. Because if you are worshiping too much, people will soon leave you. You sing one, and you crack jokes. As for those who come preaching the word, and then they give you take or comedian, comedian will give them fee. And I don't blame the comedian. You should give them fee. Like I told God will collect his money one way or the other. All of this because we didn't understand what each, each dispense, each movement was supposed to deposit. Holiness came, we're supposed to collect, we're supposed to collect holiness when it came, to hold on to it. Then, walking in holiness is not by fleshly manipulations. It's not, it's by faith. By faith, you start declaring, sin shall no longer have dominion over me. Sin shall no longer have dominion over me. Your flesh wants to behave one way, say, sin shall no longer have dominion over me. Your flesh is tempted to do what is wrong. You say, sin shall no longer have dominion over me. By faith, you overcome. By faith, you also overcome covetousness. One of you, you know, I keep on saying that as a matter of fact. If you are waiting for God to bless you, God wants you to get tired of that desire first. 
before he brings money to you. As long as I say, God, I need money. If I don't get money, I'm going to die. God says, I'm not going to give you. I won't give you. It's when you stand and say, God, apparently, you don't pay attention to this, my money things. So you know what I've decided? I've come to the conclusion that you and money and me, we don't agree. So how can I agree with you? So if what you like is no money, Lord, from your hand, I'm not claiming any money again. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, you don't want to give me money, no trouble. But you're going to give me joy. You're going to give me happiness. You're going to give me, you know, grace. You're going to make me a blessing to other people. Are you happy with that? The Lord will be nodding vigorously. You are going to give me wisdom so that this is my father's throne that I'm going to sit on. <laughs> I, know be, I know you can't play God while you. You know what I call while you prayer? Say, Lord, hmm. Pastor Banky said, when Solomon did not ask you for money, you give him money. So I, I don't want to ask you for money. <laughs> uh, Lord, you say this foolish boy. <laughs> you think you have sense, eh? <laughs> He said, right, what do you want? Just give me wisdom. God said, take wisdom. He said, is that all? <laughs> so, you can't play him that way at all. No, really. Many things are grabbing, grabbing for you. Know, so you remember the testimony I shared with us on Tuesday here? That brother that was believing God, believing God, wanted to go and do a PhD abroad in, you know, in robotics and all of that. He said one day, he said there was something, he quoted some things I said in some of these messages in School of Prayer we were talking about. So he said, so he got to that point. And really, he wasn't joking. He said, Lord, what is it? If I don't do a PhD, will I die? He said, your name will still be praised. So forget the PhD. What do you want me to do now? The Holy Spirit helped him to understand that there are two things that are your assignment for this season. One, you teach in a school, a university, mentor the young people, mentor them, teach them, instruct them. So he began to do that. You're a member of a church, you're in the youth unit, you are teaching in the youth class, he said, yes, do that with all your heart. He said he poured himself so much into those things that his parents told him that he had lost direction, that he had derailed. Because before, you know, he was always trying his best to write applications, get scholarship. He said he just left everything. And when he did that, he meant it. He said to the Lord, what is the big deal? PhD. Okay, I'm not going to do it. Will I still die? He said, will I die as a result? Of course I'm not going to die. Your name will be praised. So let's serve you while we can. He left it entirely until one day just got a, a mail telling him that there was some application I think he dropped long ago. Are you still interested? This time around, before he was looking for a cheap one so he could go. This time around, all expenses paid. Said so he didn't do anything. And they paid for everything. Only 17 people were selected worldwide. Let me tell you, Indians must have been 1,000 that applied. Let's not talk about the Americans and the Europeans and the Chinese. Yet, out of 17 slots available worldwide, they gave him only one when he wasn't interested. So they said, you should come for a Skype interview. He said, I had not studied in that direction. So I don't think I did exceedingly well. After the interview, he told the Lord, if these people give me this slot, it has to be you. Because I don't know what I've said now to impress them. And they gave it to him. They gave it to him. All expenses paid. Tuition, living expenses, flight ticket, a PhD course, design robots. Believe me, faith, we misused it. 
because we did not hold on to holiness. What was the power of God? Not for show. God didn't give us the power for show. It's not to be laying hands. Let's see how many people have more power. So who will fall under the power? Most of the things that God did in your life, you didn't fall anywhere. Are you getting my point? Yes, sir. But we, sometimes we not thought that was, that, was what, that was what it was about. No, it's not, that's not what it's about. Why? Because we left these things. I'm going to explain something here. The Lord Jesus is trying to build each one of us and all of us corporately into a perfect body. Perfect. That is, you see the testimony you saw in the life of Joseph. Who Mrs. Potiphar harassed. Listen to me. Mrs. Potiphar, don't give the impression that because Potiphar was the boss, Mrs. Potiphar was an old woman. I'm convinced. You know, because for temp- something to be a temptation, it must be tempting. I'm sure Mrs. Potiphar was tempting as a person. Before I even get to Mrs. Potiphar, let's not talk about serious things. Money. In the house of Potiphar, Joseph handled money so well. Potiphar stopped checking accounts. The only thing the Bible says Potiphar concerned himself with is the size of his meat. Joseph. He said, which new cook do you have serving my food? You know I don't eat this side of lamb. I eat the other side of lamb. Joseph. You know I react to garlic. Who put garlic in this food? Joseph. The doctor said I should lose weight in my stomach. So I decided to be eating Hallelujah diet. <laughs> Joseph. No, th- th- that's what the Bible says. The only thing that concerned Potiphar in the house, a rich man that he was, was how they handled his food. When they came and said, uh, we need money to expand this area, I said, oh, did you ask Joseph? He said, yes, sir. What did Joseph say? Joseph said, no. Eh, no is no now. I can't hear no when they tell you no. <laughs> That's what I concerned him. That same spirit. You know, Joseph carried it everywhere. Yes. He carried it to prison. Out of prison, he carried it to run a whole country. Believe me. There are Josephs that can run Nigeria. There are. And that spirit, God wants it to be in the heart of every single one of his children. He's serious about it. So serious he was, a man told a lie, he and his wife, he killed them in the beginning. That all of us are still walking straight. It shows how God is wondering what is going on. Because we should be dropping dead day by day. Say, ah, how's brother Lagbaja? He didn't come to Bible study. Well, he fell down yesterday and died. What? We're giving up. He just dropped his offering like this. He all died beside the pastor. <laughs> the Lord is good. That spirit of Joseph, you know, the Lord Jesus... Is building us in the building it up in the heart of every one of us. That spirit of Daniel. That's what he wants to build. And I'm saying to you, he's not resting until he has accomplished it in your life. No, he's not resting. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. That's what he meant. He's not resting until that thing is accomplished in your life and in my life. He's patient, he's patient, but I want us to know where he's going. God, look, listen, he does not want any. This is on a white line. He's going to deal with you until everything you say is so pure that when you don't mean it, it comes to pass. I don't know what I heard I said. Yeah, that's what he's going. Go and listen to our series, Habitation of God. That's, look, he's working on it. He's not, he's not, look, that's where he's going. That's why he said, take hold of one, don't let go of the other. 
the Lord is walking in us. So he, he brings each of those movements and he says, handle it. There is a spirit I'm depositing inside you from each of these things. Holiness came, please dig up some books that some of those holiness men wrote. Read them. You will find the spirit in it. Forget the fact that some of the things they tried to accomplish went, they were using flesh to accomplish them. That's when you come with doctrines that God did not preach. If you wear earrings, you will go to hell. In fact, the men who said it, or who preached originally, didn't say it. It's those people who did not, just like prosperity, everything, people carry to extreme. They carry to extremes. Prosperity came, some men twisted it. Go and read the book, The Midas Touch by Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin wrote The Midas Touch to correct some of the excesses that came into the prosperity movement. Because he also taught prosperity. Yet he looked at what his descendants were teaching, and he couldn't recognize it. That What are these boys saying? He criticized some of those things that they said, that supernatural death cancellation. So people will be you know, raking up credit card debt, and the preacher will say, send an offering to be supernaturally cancelled. Ken Hagen said, listen, if you are owing somebody money and he forgets to ask for it, go and remind him. That's Christianity. Don't say it has been supernaturally cancelled. Go and say, excuse me, sir. I, I borrowed $3,000. People have not collected it since two years ago. Why? They will say, ah, a computer error. Say, no, please. Oh. I have come to correct the error. Pay them. If they say, okay, we won't collect, then it is supernatural death cancellation. But it hardly happened. <laughs> People will not discipline themselves. They want their debts supernaturally cancelled. And according to Kenneth Hagin, why should you want your debt cancelled when you are owing somebody? You shouldn't want it cancelled. You should want to pay the person. The person needs his money. He wrote the book to balance those things. That's why I'm recommending the book, The Midas Touch by Kenneth Hagin. I said the other day here, let me say it again. Don't want quick money. If they say, give an offering today, and by next week you'll be a millionaire. Say, Pastor, next week is too close to be a millionaire. I don't like the idea. Yeah, the Bible says you must hate quick gain. He said, incline my heart to love your word and not love money. Someone wonder. So when somebody is saying, you will sow a seed. <laughs> and one man sowed this seed. The following week, his bank account was really 500 million. I wonder one, that's how, last time I went to Lokoja, one man sowed the seed. Following day, they gave him a Bentley. Another man, he sowed it. According to one of my sisters, just log out. Just log out because the man is appealing to what? Your flesh. If he says, sow a seed and supernatural understanding will come to you, you can even risk it. But once they are massaging your flesh, you should take it easy. Please go and read Kenny Higgins Midas Touch. You see what I'm, you know I'm not the only one saying these things. Men who went ahead of us, they've said it. Why? Because people always carry things to excesses. I said, in the same manner, some people carried holiness to excess. Holiness, they were not measuring, they were not measuring your skirt to check whether you are holy or not. Whether you wore trousers or you didn't wear trousers. People started measuring that once. Whether you use makeup or you don't use makeup. Then some women who drank, smoked, and because of depression. Now they, they, they dreamt. They went to heaven and only men were there. Then where are the women? They said they were in hellfire. Why? Because they had attachment in their hair. So God sent them to hellfire. You know, if you see that kind of thing near me, you know what I would do? 
I'll tell you, wake up, stop taking drugs. It's not good for you. <laughs> I can't believe a word of it. It surprised me. People were kind of listening to them. And some people now say, my wife met some people, they now say that, ah, you see, woman don't come out earring for her, from her ears. She removed earrings. So my wife said, what's going on? He said, let's just be sure. He said, just, you know, how to, just in case. Just in case doesn't please the Lord. Whatever is not done by faith is a sin. Removing that earring will send it to hellfire faster. Trust me. You know I know this hellfire matter. You know, I wrote a tract on it. Because people kept on asking me questions. Is it true? Is it not true? I got tired of Because initially, if I wanted one sister came here, she requested to see me. But then we're done like, ah, this girl is serious. Oh. Really, really asking these questions. Now, I think many people now ask me the question. I have to write that tract. Who is going to hell? As a matter of fact, please listen to me. God does not send people to hellfire because they wore earrings or they put attachment in their hair. And I can tell you, the Lord prefers women that wear earrings to those that don't wear. Yes. <laughs> I'm not saying it's composite you must wear. I'm just saying if he has to, if he said, I, no, I know the Lord Jesus very well. You know, <laughs> I know what I'm saying. What he doesn't like is when men start wearing earrings. Even though he won't send them to hellfire. Are you getting my point? But you're just wondering, oh boy, why are you causing confusion in the society? Next time they see you on the road and say, Miss, can you help me? You get angry. <laughs> Meanwhile, now you, you know, you know the, the world tried to now make it look as if there's no difference between a man and a woman. So the, 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 the movie stars, the sports stars will now plate their hair and put earrings. So we'll have to be using other methods to, de- to decide the agenda. No, believe me, if you read your Bible well, you will understand that. I know what I said, it may sound like a joke, but I, I know if you ask the Lord simply, he will say, okay, ladies, wear your earrings. Wear your bangles. Guys, please, leave the earrings alone. If you start wearing it, price will go up, and we now won't know who's the man, who's the woman. Yeah, what I've told you is a matter of fact. So that's not holiness. You can look nice and be holy. I know God likes fine things. I can prove it to you. But you just don't have the time. But he wants to set the standards. The world will not teach us what is fine and what is not fine. Once you see a girl decrease like Kim Kardashian, don't follow her. You know, there are mad girls all over the world. Maria Carey, Kim Kardashian. Name, another, name a Nigerian one for me. There are some stupid, there are some demon-possessed girls there. Cause the Ojiako. What does that one do? <laughs> it's not everybody you follow. I know what I'm telling you. I see some of these people. One day, one day I looked at them. Is it Marakai that's her name? I said, This girl, your head is not correct. If I was God, I would send you to hellfire. But he said, Judge not, so I will not judge you. Literally, some of those people are mental. Some of them are, they, are, they, have, mental, they have psychological problems. Others are literal satanists. Through them, Satan injects iniquity into the world. That's a matter of fact. Be careful you follow. It, look, especially when it comes to entertainment. Believe me, select your music. Select your music. Select it. Once they are making sounds you don't understand, and they are singing to funny rhythms, leave them alone, no matter how sweet it is. A lot of those people are satanists. They are. Their dressing is satanic. Their lyrics are satanic. Their beats are satanic. 
the days of Fela and Nicola Kokoti, a lot of things people used to he used to do. People didn't say that joke. I still remember once he said, ah, everybody say, Ayakada. Everybody, yeah, yeah. And I said, do, do. The man was doing incantations, invoking spirits. You think you are singing. You go to the shrine, we'll talk about it later. It was literal idol worship. The man said it with his own mouth. But you thought he was a, the guy just a crazy, just a joke. He used to do, he used to, he used to do rituals on the stage. But everybody was laughing like saying, nah. <laughs> listen, they smoked Indian hemp as incense unto the gods. It was not a joke. Oh. One man became a redeemed pastor later. He was delivered from the shrine. He said in two days, I've forgotten how many instruments he learned to play because of satanic possession. A man who didn't play instruments before. He entered it. Two days later, he was a maestro on the guitar. You think it's a joke? You know, you be plucking, boom, boom, boom. kissing, no, no, press like this. Boom. The guy handled it after two days. He said, bow. Ah, when said Tam, who used to sing in heaven, before he came down, and he possesses you, you go play anything. When I say, be careful, that's not a joke. Not everybody, not everybody listen to everybody listen to When they start, just switch off your ear. You know, you can deliberately love something and deliberately not love some things. Just make up your mind. This guy's music, I don't like it. It will sound nice. It will be selling millions and millions of albums. Or oh, this is not downloads, Abby. It will be people who downloading millions and millions. Just say, I don't like your music. Full stop. You come on stage looking like you're a satanist. I will not listen to you again. You come on stage poorly dressed, shaking your breasts all over the place. I will not listen to you again. Why? You have been possessed by the spirit of the age. And through music, you want to transmit it into me. And I will say, no. 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 It's simple. Believe me, I'm going to holiness Christianity, serious Christianity. Are you getting my point? Let's not add the fleshly, you know, trying to subdue the flesh with some things. Not, you know, you know, those kind of things will add to it. That's what spoils it. We're not discussing it now, but Christians, like I was teaching yesterday where I went to minister, that young Christian men and women are supposed to teach the world how to dress and look good. We don't copy them. We will show you how to dress and look good. Because glory is always attractive. No, glory is always attractive. If God gives you ideas on how to dress you, you will come out, man, even the unbelievers will want to marry you. So, it's not, the holiness does not mean that I must not look like, this world is not my home. <laughs> I'm just managing to pass through. This. No, no, no. no. You can, look, holiness is about purpose. Yes, holiness defi- is defined by purpose. Who am I serving? Who am I living for? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Do you know the world today, talking about that dressing thing, they literally dress people up in the world to seduce. That is the aim. The design is seductive. The mind of the designer is, what do we do to... And when I say seduce now, because it's different between seduce and attract. Are you getting my point? Because when God said he should design the, the temple, the dress of Aaron and the priests, he said design it for glory and for beauty. That was why they studied with real... No stones, gemstones, 12 of them. God picked the best stones and put them there. He said, I want people to see it and know Aaron is beautiful. Expensive material. So God knows fine things. He created things to be fine. 
One of our brothers said, ah, when they called me, say, oh, God, I must go to heaven. I said, what happened? He said, I went to England, and I went to the Queen's Garden. He said, when I saw beauty, I said, God, if you allow this on the earth, I wonder what heaven is like. That's what they call the Queen's Gardens, the Royal Gardens in, in, in England. So God understands beauty. And we believers can download that beauty that when you come out, people will have to nod. It's different from something that's deliberately designed to be sexually stimulating. The exercise of holiness was that once it looks fine, it's ungodly. Don't cut your hair nicely. Don't iron your shirt. Let it look rumpled. Listen. Derek Prince says something there. Derek Prince said when you dress like that, you invite demons. Yeah. He said, you are po- look, you will be possessed by the spirit of heaviness. And Derek Prince, let me tell you, Derek Prince is not a joker. His wife used to cover her hair all the time as a rule. So don't think that he's a man. No, he was a very conservative person. Extremely conservative. Yet, he says when you dress like that, you will have spiritual problems. You can, you know, you can literally, literally push back the spirit of depression by having a bath, combing your hair. Jesus said it like this, dress up, apply perfume, he said. Look nice and come out. Depression was there, but they can't even keep you in the bed. <laughs> and you don't have to have plenty. Oh, no, you don't have to. In fact, it's a spirit, the spirit of God, to have little and manifest the glory of Aaron. You know it's the spirit of God. You go to the wilderness 40 days, your clothes don't wear out. You know you are blessed. <laughs> I'm going to say something here. So holiness, we need to retrieve it and use faith to balance it, not throw it away. No, we need to manifest the power of God in our lives. Literally. Miracles you read in the Bible, they should happen once in a while. And there are many testimonies, and I have personally experienced, God will just do things, so you say, this has to be God. There are some of them I've heard other people share. When you hear testimonies that will humble you, one preacher talked the story once. They were having a lot of visitors in their house. This was years ago. Rice, you know, imported rice was expensive, stuff like that. I don't know how much local programming were doing. He said, ah, that the rice in his house refused to finish. People will come, they will cook rice. It will not finish. They ate the rice for a long time. So one day his wife said, ah, this rice, won't you finish that day? That was the end of the bag. It became empty. Because the woman like, which kind of abami rice this one? Like they say in Yoruba. You can't strain rice. And it finished. It's the same man who I told you that went once. He traveled down, you know, like Ibadan. This was, in, 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 it's, it's a bit like Enugu, Ibadan, you know. Water supply, most areas not good. I don't know about now. He said he arrived to his, his, his parents' place. And the mother said, ah, thank God you have come. You have a car. You'll be using it to help us to go and be fetching water. He said he felt bad. He had a little baby. They, you know, with all the expense, you know, water usage, you have to wash and wash and wash. So he told them that, ah, he felt bad. He said, water will come today. So the mother laughed and said, ah, you don't know the part of Ibadan we live in. Number one, nobody has had water for some time. And if water were to return today, we're at the, at the back of the list. So he told the mother, don't worry. Water will come today. Water will flow. So everybody went to sleep. He went to pray. He said he prayed until, like, okay, maybe they all went to sleep around 10 there about. He started praying. But around 11, 11.30, the taps began to whistle. Meaning water was rushing down. A little bit of water came out and it stopped. So he left the house, went outside into the compound. He said, this is what I, as he was running away, let me pull it back. He continued praying, continued praying until water began to rush. 
He continued praying until the flow was good. 12 midnight this time around, he went and woke everybody up. Say, come and fetch water. The mother was like, what? Ah. So he went to sleep. By next morning, you know that kind of thing, if you've been there. People in America don't know what we're talking about. Those of us in Nigeria, we know what we're talking about. You fetch water even in the spoon. <laughs> you know, people do, you know, people put bathtub in the house. I grew up, bathtub was a reservoir. I don't know people. <laughs> no, bathtub. Look, in our house. My father put bathtub in the house. That's your problem. Once I will cap it, when water comes, you open it, fill the bathtub. Thank God. They filled in this house. They filled everywhere. Then when he woke up next morning, he saw the, the reservoir was there. Now we use GP tanks, all these um, plastic tanks. Those it was aluminum tanks. So he went there. They opened the aluminum tank for him to see. He said he said she opened the open. It was full. So he told the mother, watch, mark it where it is. So they close it. Say so when I'm leaving, check it again to be at that same level. It's still like a week. They use water every day. As he was leaving, they had entered the car. I told the mother, now go and check the water. The mother opened the water. It was still full. Look, you with those kind of testimony, we don't need comedians in Georgia. If you want to crack joke, crack it. But we'll not use it to draw crowd. What am I saying? This Holy Spirit movement came in to teach us those things. That we serve God, his power is available. We serve the Lord, that power is available. So somebody falls sick, Doctor says incurable. We like that's a joke. We call Bible says anyone sick amongst you, let it call upon the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anoint him with oil. He said, "The prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him, raise him up. If he has committed any sins, we shall be forgiven him." Even these days, even we Christians, we have more faith in what the doctors say than what the Word of God says. But that holiness movement came. The Holy Spirit movement came after it. Let's hold on to holiness. Let's hold on to. The movement of the power of God. Faith teaching came to let us know that the word of God works every day in our lives. It's not only the supernatural, miraculous thing that happens once in a while. We can build our lives up by faith to a level where walking in the realm of the spirit is just a natural thing with us. It's not for grabbing, you know, be using somebody, competing with somebody in the size of a car. No. If I'm addicted to something, I break it by the power of faith. I said nonsense. Sin shall not have dominion over me. The thing runs away. They tell me you are getting old. That's why you are getting tired. That's why you are having problems. You say, no. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in me. Giving life to my mortal body. That's what faith does. It energizes and activates the promises of God in our lives. With all of this, we are being built up to perfection. I hope you are getting my point. We'll continue from that particular point next time. But I want us to just understand it. Jesus is watching carefully every aspect of, the, of our lives. And he's not leaving anyone. Say, okay, this one doesn't matter. Some things we think doesn't matter, it matters. Last time I'll talk about it again. I will not leave this area. Say the love used to show for me and for each other what happened to it. Like last time I said about it, I talked about it. We are aggressive in studying the word, aggressive in you know things. Sunday everybody has prospered. They are busy. We'll talk about we'll continue from that point next time. I hope you are blessed today. Yes, sir. Let's bow down our heads. And thank God for the truth that liberates. Let's bow down our heads. And thank God for the truth that liberates. Now tell somebody I was blessed. Sad about you. Tell the person, I'm free. I don't worry about enemies. I don't worry about witches. I am seated above. In Christ. On the right hand of the Father. Far above principalities. Far above powers. Far above every walk of darkness. Say, my life, my life 
Inform somebody, my life is hidden with Christ inside God. I am untouchable. I have liberty in the spirit. Say, demons are not my problem. Witches are not my problem. They are beneath me in Christ Jesus. Say, because I am in Christ, I am higher than them. Listen, I preached, was it in Makodi about two weeks ago, or three weeks ago. I talked about spiritual rank. Spiritual rank. The, look, there, there, there's rank in the realm of the spirit. The highest, of course, is God the Father. But the way Jesus is, he's right next to him. The same level. That's how it is. Next in rank below, you have angels. Angels, again, have, they have ranks. Michael was described as one of the chief princes. We believe that Gabriel is one of those chief princes. So there are ranks. There are people that are below them. Below their level, you now have Satan and his kingdom. Are you getting my point? Now, in all of these ways, we are, we are believers in Christ Jesus. Where are they? They are inside Christ. Can you see how high they are? So that's why they don't... I don't know. People believe witches are against me. Many of you have known me for years now. You've never heard us raise that prayer point. Come for our prayer meetings on Tuesday. Those of you who have not been coming. We don't pray those prayers. We don't. Our liberty, what we experience, dependent upon how much of the knowledge of what God has done for us in Christ that we have. Say it again. Say, I'm free. I'm free. Say, Christ has set me free. Christ has set me free. I am free indeed. I am free indeed. We are free from ancestral cause. Say, I am free from ancestral cause. Say, I'm free. Because I'm not of the will of flesh. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Born of the will of God. So I am free. Say, my ancestor is Christ Jesus. That's how come you are not cursed. Are you getting my point here? Father, we give you thanks for today. We give you thanks. But I bless your people with your blessing. As you depart from here, the Lord will continue to bless you. He will continue to keep you. He will continue to make his face shine upon you. He will be gracious unto you. He will lift up his countenance upon you. And you will have peace on every side. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I read the testimony the other just but yesterday. Somebody forwarded it to me. True story, I believe, of some Islamic militants trying to attack some Christians. They had stoned the pastor the day before. He did not die. He survived. They now wanted to go and attack him where he was. As they were moving towards that place, lions sprang out of the bush and attacked those people. I then killed one or two of them. The rest ran away. So well, then the lions left. What was strange is that that bush was not known for having lions. I hope you're getting my point. Let me say to you, God is your defender. Amen. He will keep you from all evil. Amen. He will work miracles to deliver you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen to me, fear must not rule your life. No, don't let fear rule your life. No, no. Every time you declare the word of God that the angels of God surround me. Say, the Lord surrounds me with favor as with a shield. I prophesy to you that deliverance is your portion. Amen. From every trouble you are delivered. Amen. If you sit on a, an Islamist bomb, because of you it will not go off. Amen. Not as if going off will have killed you, but God will, because of you, save everybody that's around you. Amen. Because you, you will not die now. Amen. You will fulfill the purpose of God for your life. Amen. In your going out and in your coming in, safety is your portion. Amen. In the name of Jesus, in your going out and in your coming in, safety is your portion. Amen. 
God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. I want to pray for somebody. Clarity, understanding, concerning that decision. God will make it clear to you in the name of Jesus. You will know what to do in that area of life. You need to make a critical decision. You look like you are confused. Listen to me. You will wake up on Monday morning so certain of what to say. You will wake up on Monday morning confident that this is the right thing to do. And you will do it and God will bless you. In the name of Jesus Christ. And let's share the grace in fellowship. Everybody must belong to a cult, otherwise you die suddenly. We belong to the cult of Christ, amen? Amen. Yes, we're in Jesus, we're in Christ, and that's a cult in itself. Superior to the cult of Ubunis and, um, which other cult is it? Ekanka or Marfite or Amok or whatever it is. We also belong to a cult. So we are not, cultism is good, just know the one to belong to. (laughs) I'm in the cult of Christ. We all offer sacrifices, don't we? Yes, Yes, we do, we do, we do. Our life is number one, what? Living sacrifice. So we are constantly being poured out as a drink offering. That is number one. Number two, we offer the sacrifice of praise all the time. Everything we live, when we declare the word of God is sacrifice, we eat flesh also, don't we? And we drink blood. If you're a blood drinker, say amen. Amen. I love you very much, I'm telling you. (laughs) The blood of Jesus, that's what we drink. The Lord is good. So every, incan- every cult must have its own incantation. So we have our incantations derived from the book of the incantations of the Lord, our Bible. The Bible is a book of the incantation of the Lord. When you open Psalm 1, it's incantation. It's dangerous. You know, it your enemy, enemy. Don't worry about the enemies. Worry about the, in quote, the word of God. David said in Psalm 119, verse 23, he said, the princes have gathered to talk about me. He said, me, I meditate on your testimonies. That's all. Let's do some testimony meditation. Let's share the grace in fellowship. One, two, let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil. Because we are seated high above with Christ, this is our season of multiplication and dominion. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. Give to somebody on your left or your right. This is your sister. Of him. Give to another person. This is your sister of multiplication. Give to one more person, please. So whatever you sow, you will receive. Bless yourself. This is my season of multiplication and dominion. All right, chair of brethren.